Yo. I can't do it as as good as Yo. (laughs) So what's up? We got a special one today um, because we're sort of, you know, we go in order with the Rev catalog chronologically. But of course, when new stuff, new signings come, we like to give a little like a preview, right, Jason? What do you think? Like kind of just like, yeah, like we're yeah, like we're not going to we're not going to take a super deep dive on the record because we want to save that for 2050 when we get to it. Yes. Right. So um, for context, this is rev, this is going to be rev 196, right? I was at, that was going to be my question. Okay. So we're here with uh, Austin and Andy from band praise. What's up guys. How you Howdy. Good to so be being, you know, I, I was, I was thinking about praise and I was like, you know, you guys have been around a long time, not super prolific, but but that's a good thing, I think, because yeah. I was thinking, I was like, I love every release I've ever heard by this band, but it's not like you're having a record every, you know, year or two years. So, but they're always worth the wait. Um, and then I was like, the seven inch came out in 2010. Yep. So you guys have been doing it a while. And now yep. you get to be on Revelation, which I know for like every hardcore kid, that's like, that's the dream to have the R and star. So I guess True. my first question would be, how did it come about you getting in touch with, with Revelation or did they come after you? Because um, I know your last record, Leave It All Behind, was on React, and that was six years ago now. Yeah. God, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like think about, there's, <laughs> like I was thinking about this, I was like, there's bands that formed after that record came out and are broken up now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do want to say yeah. that, that this record should have been out in 2020. Okay. Like the goal was to have this out in fall of 2020. So it should only been four years, but obviously things happen. And also we take a while to do what we do. So um, it does, you know, I I can't change it. It's six years. I don't think any of us wanted to be that long, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, the listening to it, we've, we've, Jason and I have had the awesome opportunity to listen to it. I mean, it doesn't sound slapped together. It sounds really well thought out perfectly executed i'll gush about it a little later but yeah if you have to wait you have to wait because you want to get it right you don't want to just yeah, put out like i think we all have like pretty intense filters before we start sharing stuff with each other and um it takes a while for stuff to get thrown at the wall and then even when it does we're pretty critical of it so sometimes we're our own worst enemies in terms of like delaying new music or whatever but um i think it I, I think it pays off in the end being being that critical of ourselves um but uh but with rev yeah like um uh i think that when we started recording the record we were a bit uncertain about who was going to put it out um every we've always felt at home at react and it always made sense to us and as one of our best friends um but you know, time times have changed, and the that label is in a different place right now. Uh, and since this could have possibly, or maybe, our last record, we wanted to uh, try a new place for it, find a new home for it. And uh, there were a few people, few labels, and stuff that, and you know, that we had discussed. And uh, Adam at Rev had 
reached out to us numerous times over the years. I believe he, he reached out around the time the first 12 inch came out and we stayed in touch. And then um, uh, after we finished tracking everything, Brian McTurnan was like, hey, I think you guys should just send it to Rev and see what they think. Send it to Sam and Adam and, and see what happens. And uh, after you know one or two conversations, it just made total sense. I, I, it felt like the right place to do it. And it's funny that you you mentioned that this is potentially our last record or, you know, we don't know. Don't say controls. that, please. Don't say <laughs> that. Just saying, after, yeah. after hearing this, I want I want more. Like, I don't want I think <laughs> I think all of us every time we make a record. Well, not every time I'd say since the first LP, uh, you know, leave it all behind in, in this record. We when we went in to record it, we always understand that that might be the last time we do it so we just try to do the best we possibly can so that we're happy with our last outputs and that was where we were at at that time i don't think that's where we're at now um but that's that's how we approach records as if it's going to last i mean anything we do i think it's kind of it could be the last time we do it and that's okay but yeah right. no and i i, only, I make mention of that be just tying in last records and rev um adam my contact with Adam was previous in a band that three out of five members of Praise were in called Mindset. Myself, Chris, and D-Fang were also in Mindset. Uh, Adam had actually hit us up um, around 2014, 2015 to sign Mindset to Rev. And we were like super jazzed on the idea. We were out in California and um, we were planning on doing, kind of planning on wrapping, wrapping things up. Um, as a band, we ultimately decided to break up in 2015, play our last show in 2016, but we still had enough energy in the tank for one last EP. So uh, Adam was like, yeah, let's do it on Rev. And not like all of us, all five of us being total straight edge hardcore stands. We were like, yo, we got to do this. We got to do this. Like, and Adam gave us the tour of Rev of the HQ and like let us in the vault. And it was super, it was just an incredible experience, but we all kind of sat in the van as as we left rev and we were just sitting there and like we were all kind of riding the high of what we just experienced but we were like well this is going to be our last record and every other record we've done has been on react the aforementioned react that um that praise has been on so like why don't we just ride this out with react instead of jumping ship and doing this last record on rev it just made sense to kind of keep everything in-house for mindset so i've always felt somewhat of a regret with um not a regret so much, but kind of like letting Adam down. I always like, and I've seen him ever, I've seen him a few times since. And like, I don't know if he's been like, no, that's the guy, that, those are the guys that snubbed me with mindset. But now that we finally have this opportunity with praise to kind of start a new chapter with Rev. And if this is the last record or if we have anything else left in the tank for moving forward, it's cool that we're finally able to kind of sync up with Rev and uh, start a new chapter. The stars aligned. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you, you guys all live in the same area? I've, uh, so no. where, Andy, where are you based out of now? You're I'm in Silver Spring, right outside of DC. Okay. And yeah. in Austin, you're I'm in Richmond, uh, as of October, 2020. I moved oh, okay. down here. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't DC when I joined praise. I was in DC. Um, but got out of the city during the pandemic. So do yep. you consider yourself a DC band? No, I, I think, um, so Austin and Chris live in Richmond. I live in Silver Spring and um, Austin and Daniel live in Baltimore. I think 
I think of Praise as a Baltimore band as we started there. Our practice spaces were always there. Um, you know, obviously not living there anymore. It changes my relationship with Baltimore, but I still visit frequently. You know, when I'm going to see, I go see Anthony as much as I can. And all my, most of my friends live up that way. So I still find more of a connection with being a Baltimore band. However, I do not live in Baltimore. Um, I always, yeah, I always thought he was Baltimore. I was just yeah, curious. Yeah. Um, so when it, I love record- DC too. I, I, and you know, I love where I live. I love DC too. And I have lots of great friends here. I'm just, I think praise is a, a Baltimore band. And if someone asks, that's where I'd say we are located. Yeah. I guess it's sort of like how like H2O will still say they're a New York band, even though none of them live in New York anymore, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's the, what I can think of. And you got, you're at least closer to Baltimore than California is to New York. <laughs> yeah, true. true. <laughs> um, Very true. So, uh, well, I know. So the record's called All in a Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, what What's the significance of that title? Um, well, it was just like, so mainly, um, hmm, how do I describe it? Because I think it, it, it can be interpreted a lot of ways. Um, but the the main idea the main um uh the beginning of it was there's a line uh from a seven second song that i've been trying to rip and steal and put in the song for since praise started uh that's still dreaming wide awake and i all in a dream kind of was inspired by that and then you know stuff like you know like a daydream or um there's just Neil Young. There's a Neil Young song where he says all in a dream. Um, but it's mainly from the seven seconds lyric, still dreaming wide awake. Makes sense. I know you're huge ever since I've known you, which I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I've known Andy for 20 years. Yeah. It's been a long which time. Which is crazy. Like, you know, I now have a child that's almost 16, like almost the age, you know, that we, we were yeah, we back were. then. Um, but, uh, you know, I know you love seven seconds. Yeah. That's the one thing. Like if I think of seven seconds, you're usually the person after Kevin seconds that comes <laughs> to my mind. Uh, so yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, so I know, uh, cause I was talking to Jason before you recorded, you did the vocals with Brian McTurnan. Yeah. Who, you know, yeah. we love Brian. Yes. Um, and that's awesome. But music, He's where the was king. the music recorded at? So the music was recorded at Developing Nations with uh, Kevin Bernstein, who we recorded the first two seven inches with. Okay. Um, and then you did the vocals with Brian. And now before you'd worked with Will Yip, right? Yeah. Did Was Leave It All Behind with Will? I know yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Um, was so it just the, a matter of not, you know, wanting to being able to travel up here or just try yes. something different? I mean, that was a big part of it um and yeah traveling and then also just again wanting to to try something different and um the initial plan was actually to record the record with brian and uh timelines just didn't didn't work out and like i said we wanted to get it out by fall of 2020 so um we just went with we not just went with we wanted to go with kevin and we're right happy. something that that helped yeah but that's up. what worked um, but I don't know, Austin, you want to 
talk about maybe like the how Brian helped helped with it and the oh yeah I mean I it, I think Brian like you said with the timeline is not syncing up I think that it was just as painful for him to not get it to work as it was for us because I know myself speaking I, I'm a huge fan of Brian and I've always have I always have been oh we're all so, Brian stands yeah oh yeah yeah in this pod for sure well Mc, yeah no McTurnan because can't forget true. Mike either true that's, that's true. true that's true the McTurnan family yeah um and even the guy that played in good clean fun he's yeah. got a special place in my heart <laughs> we, are, we are Mc, we are an official McTurnan stand <laughs> podcast yeah, yeah so and uh and we had we had done some pl- preliminary songwriting work or just like some producing work with Brian and did some demos with him at his studio, the salad days, um, the most recent iteration of salad days. So we were like super excited to get that going. Um, but that happened to be right around the time when priorities were changing in his life. And just, I think like be well was probably getting off the ground around then. Um, and we like, I, I was in the process of a move as well, or like just getting things, um, Everybody was kind of in different places in life, so it just wasn't able to get synced up. Um, so yeah, we weren't able to make it work this time. But with Brian still wanting to to be involved as much as he could, it's great. We're just grateful that he was able to get in with the vocals, and he helped out immensely just with ideas and bouncing ideas. He's, he's yeah. So getting him involved in whatever way we could was just it, it was it just felt right um, because we kind of went into the whole project with having him as like the sixth member with the songwriting and the production work um, and finally getting, getting him in there with vocals um, really helped, I think, solidify that and kind of check that, that box off the list of working with him. Not that it was just yeah. a checkbox of like a, of a, a quota to reach or something, but we, we really enjoyed working with him and working with Kevin too. Kevin's an old friend. He's done um, a lot of the praise stuff. He's did most of, uh, the mindset recordings as well, or at least the later stages of mindset. So we know him very well. Um, and he's a great guy to work with. So it sounds, I mean, the record sounds fantastic. Like it, the, the production it's, it's not too produced, but it's not underproduced. It's like that perfect sweet spot. Um, and yeah, Brian, Brian just has such an ear for melody in, mm-hmm. in the context. I mean, really in just music, cause he's recorded things, that are by, by bands that are not hardcore and the records sound great. But I mean, oh, yeah. even within hardcore, I think he has a, a good ear for probably helping and making things pop, um, not yeah. pop music, but you know, like, yeah, pop, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, um, so what did, what did you learn from Brian, Andy, as a vocalist? Cause you've been like, we talked about, you've been doing this band for, you know, this is your first band doing vocals, right? Yeah, as far as yeah. I know, unless you had, and it will be the only band. And it'll be yeah, band. yeah, that was gonna and, be my question. And um, like, yeah. what did you learn? Because you've been doing it a long time. Like, what's some nuggets that Brian gave? So honestly, I you know, and I think that this just like applies to like making any anything, you know, especially music and recording a record. Is that like every time you make a record, you do things differently, or at least we do, and we try to. Uh, and then you learn new things and then you apply them to the next record you do. So like um, the first couple records with Kevin, it was just like very, not, it was very aggro and I was just kind of yelling and and wanted to do melody, but didn't really understand how to do it. And then we did the two records with Will and Will 
kind of showed me what I was capable of, uh, capable of achieving. And then with Brian, he let me add, he helped me add myself to that best version that Will had taught me how to do. Like, and um, yeah. Because yeah, we shouldn't downplay Will. Like Will is amazing you know, too. And Will has an, e an ear for not even just hardcore, but just for music. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the depth, the breadth of his catalog is that he's worked with is insane. So, yeah. So you got to work with two of the best of the best. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I don't know Kevin, but his stuff yeah, Kevin's uh, great. sounds great as well. But I mean, just as a fan, knowing stuff that Will and Brian have done, I mean, they're like on a list of people that I would personally also want to work with i i got to work with will like 100 million years ago but you know in more recent times who so i was wondering who writes the music you austin it's a collective effort i would say i think um anthony our other guitar player spearheads a lot of riffs and is a lot more prolific with writing for praise and then uh, we bounce ideas off each other and give input when and where we feel it's appropriate but yeah, I, I would say that um, everybody kind of has a has a hand in, in creating the dish for all the songs that are written. Yeah. Do you play the lead parts on it on the record? Uh, we, Anthony and I, switch? And we we switch it up. Um, again, like if I hear some, if I hear a lead that could go over an Anthony song, I'll propose it, and more than likely it'll it'll make it into the song, and vice versa with Anthony over one of my songs. If he's like, let me try this. Um, then we'll just do it and whatever sounds good we'll we'll go with it kind of just there aren't we again we're, we're pretty self-discerning and uh very um critical in that sense but we also know what's good and what sounds good so we will just throw ideas at the wall and see what sticks because yeah. the the things that jumped out at me I, and i've i've now played it a bunch um is andy this is the best that you've sounded so far oh, like you. you just sound like like you're just like pro with this and the music is i also think the best that you guys have done like the guitar work channels michael hampton oh. from you know embrace and one last wish oh yeah we know. <laughs> we know so much like i kept being like this sounds like one last wish without sounding like, like a ripoff. Like it just yeah, like yeah. sounds like, you know, that kind of stuff that, that kind of guitar playing. I mean, I was telling Jason to on the side, I mean, this is like, this is my kind of stuff. I, I didn't come up on, you know, some, I didn't come up to hardcore through metal yeah. or like nineties, like chugga chugga stuff that has its place. That wasn't where I came from. I came from, you know, the alternative rock stuff like Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Jr. and all that and Nirvana and then into Discord. Yeah. yeah. And this just hits every it checks every box for me for what I want with a hardcore band. Um, I can't wait for people to to get to hear it as well, because I think they're going to. Neither can we. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you've been I'm thinking about how long you've been how long you've been sitting on it. That's yeah. hard. And is the is the date? I know the original thing said spring, but I also know that production times and everything can be. I mean, I'm sure the vinyl will be delayed, but I guess it'll at least go digital at, in the spring. Is there a date set for that? Yeah. Austin, you want to give it? Are we allowed yeah. to give the date? Yeah. Uh, 
Well, let me make sure. It, I know it's early May, and I, we have so many things that are coming up with like schedule wise with announcements and releases. Is it May 6th? May 6th That's the yeah. street date. Yeah, May yeah. 6th, the full record will be out. Okay. Yeah. And it's all nine songs. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, um, and then, you know, hopefully the vinyl and stuff will be. Um, vinyl should be good to go. That time. That's again, yeah. that's, uh, I think that's what's been pushing it back. So um, vinyl should be good to go. And the record, are you doing a record release show May 28th, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. So yes, the, the, the record, thanks for the reminder, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I would have forgotten. So yes, the uh, record release will be May 28th at Metro Gallery in Baltimore. It will be a unregistered nurse show. Our friend Dana has been helping with it. Uh, Austin, you want to take it from here? Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Um, so it's us obviously celebrating the release of the record. And then we're going to have Glitterer, Anxious, Demand, and a special guest that we're not at liberty to say at the moment. But we will uh, give more details when the time comes. Nice. And someone um, from Anxious did guest vocals on the record also? Yes, Grady, uh, Grady, the singer of Anxious, sang on one of the songs on the record. Okay. Nice, and so does Brian. I wanted to mention that Brian uh, yeah, also right. does vocals on the yeah, song. Kind of multi-generations of uh, hardcore, the new and the old and the mid and the everything in between. Yeah. We celebrate it all. And from what Brian tells us, it's the first guest appearance on a record he's done since the Time Flies LP. Yeah, ninety nine. So. so thank you, thank you, Brian. It means wow. a lot to us, yeah. us that you sang on it. In great, I love that time flies. Uh, <laughs> the time flies oh, song that he's on. That's that yeah, takes me back. Someone else in this chat was also on that time flies record. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Dude, My I man, love time flies. I could talk to you to death about time flies for about twenty. Maybe we, we should. Minutes. Should we? Should we get Kurt sometime on here and do a time flies? Yes. I loved him too. I was a big fan. Yeah. I mean, um, that's but, the band that showed me it could be done. So yeah. I special love place in my heart. Oh, but speaking um, of, I want to rewind yeah. it back though. Andy, tell us how you came to sing for praise. You played in bands for a long time and toured with bands for so long. What led you to wanting to sing for a band or being talked into singing for a band? And how do you like it different from playing bass? Uh, it's very, it's a lot harder than playing bass. I do love playing bass. I always love playing ba- playing bass. But um, I just, you know, in the it was like mid two thousands. I was I wrote some songs, and it it was you know the kind of melodic hardcore that I liked, and you know that I was capable of writing. I can't write the kind of stuff that Anthony and Austin and Chris and Daniel write. So um, that's when the band got you know found its shape and became its thing is when when that all came together but um yeah at that time i'd just written a bunch of songs and was going to have a friend sing on them and it was just difficult to find them and to get him to do it and so i was just like well screw it i'll just find a drummer and record all the songs and sing on them and see what happens and then by the time that happened there was a lineup and i had found that writing lyrics was very helpful to me um it was a different way of expressing myself that i'd never 
uh, never knew was in me. Uh, and yeah, now here we are talking about it uh, a lot of years later. Uh, it wasn't, it, it never was supposed to, to, to go on this long, to be totally honest. But, uh, I was trying to think of your timeline because I was like, okay, when I, when I met you, were you, and then I was like, and this is when you know you start to get old when I, I forget, you know, because I'll be almost 41. Greg, I, th my, I think we met, I think DM played with. I was uh, going to say you were yes. with Desperate yeah. Measures and Go Time. Yeah. I then don't know played, if I was, I don't know if I was in Desperate Measures at that time. I think but, you were just the crew. Yeah, but yeah. that might have been afterwards. But I think that's when it, no, no, it was because there didn't Go Time play that show in. Robbie's Basement. Well, yeah, Funorama, but there was a show in Jersey with like Count Me Out, Faded Gray. Yep. Right Time Flies. True yeah. Blue. That was did a Go Time play? Yeah, we did. So Brandon then, Wallace. Brandon Wallace was supposed to drum for us. Shout out to and, Brandon. Love you, Brandon. And because we, we kicked out. Our, we did. This is not to digress, but it's sort of funny. We we kicked out our drummer, but with no plans to have another drummer. Oh, We're nice. just like, yeah, we'll find someone. And Robbie, you know, who was doing our record, he's like, Brandon from Damage, you know, he'll do it. And Brandon practiced with us and it sounded great. And then I was working at 7-Eleven at the time. It was before I even had a cell phone and I get a call at work and it's like the week before. And he's just like, I can't do it. I, I, I'm, and at that point, he's like 24. He's like, I, I got to like get my life in order and like do stuff. I can't be playing. And I'm like, so we had Zach Trotta luckily stepped in. Blacklisted? From Blacklist, yeah, well, it was before Blacklisted, and he learned the songs in like one practice, and we did it because we were like, we gotta play this show with, you know, Count Me Out and Time Flies and True Blue and Desperate Measures, but um, yeah, and then you were with First Step, and then after that was Champion, right? Yeah, and then what was after Champion? Did you have anything in between, or were you just War working Priest. on this stuff? War Priest, baby. War, War Priest. Priest, that's right. Yeah, with my best friend, my oldest friend. Okay. Yeah. So what a journey, what a journey. And then Austin, I was thinking you've been, you're another one that's been in a ton of groups. Mm -hmm. You want to walk us through real quick, like a, a 45 second uh, history of what we, you know, I know mindset, I know line of sight. Yeah. Mindset, line of sight. Those are the, that, that's the 2010s era of my life. Um, let's see, going back as far as I can think of like real bands. Um, I was on a band called the frontline from yes. Virginia yeah, Grave uh, Mistake Records. Grave did a seven inch. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Alex Dimatessa. Bit of Poe, Alex. Uh, yeah, bit of Poe. I still don't. <laughs> uh, I still don't owe him three dollars if he listens. Because right. I said once at a one-up show that if I broke Edge, I would, um, I would refund everybody's money they spent on the demo. And he's like, one day you're gonna give me that three dollars. <laughs> Sounds like Alex. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so Frontline, that was the first band that actually did, like, got off the ground and saw saw lands outside of uh, Western Virginia. Um, then I was in a band called Savage Land with some friends from Harrisonburg, where I'm from, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, and then I... Harrisonburg, wasn't that where that place was? Uh, what was Mac that Rock. club called that was, like... In Captain T's. Captain T's. Yeah, Captain T's, <laughs> yeah. yep. Dude, like the Mac Rock show at Captain T's was tight. <laughs> Dude, that was... I was actually, I was thinking about that show the other day and just how such a weird confluence of events that weekend was because it was there was the Mac Rock gig which was uh, Cloak Dagger played 
yeah front line but like it was like dtn headlined loj fucked up uh blacklisted kind of like the who's who of hardcore at the time yeah that was in western virginia three and a half hours away at virginia beach was the fvk uh, like the the pre chromags gig uh down at virginia beach with iron boots and brace war i believe that that's who else played and then three hours north uh in harrisburg pa or um lemoyne shout out chris at championship vinyl which chris from chris from praise's brother um owned and ran half part was playing that show i don't know who else played that show but so it's like this weird it's like within this triangle of i-81 and 95 like hardcore just, just all these like yes. shows what, what was, was the place crazy. called again the play it was like a chuck e cheese like they had like arcades oh, yeah and stuff. it was called captain yeah. t's right captain captain t and somehow yeah. and then the guitar player for fucked up ended in like the he ended up in like the ball I don't even know what you call ball it. Just pit? that. Ball yeah, pit. the ball, ball pit. pit yeah. yeah, yeah. He ended up yeah, yeah. on the ball pit, spitting on people. That was when that was honestly, right. We played there <laughs> in the end of 2004, and I remember that was that was one of the instances where I was like, I think it's time for us to hang it up because I remember <laughs> oh I'm, at the merch, I'm at the because I'm at the merch table. We played with Cold World and Blacklisted, and I think we played like in between, like because it was when Cold World was new, and a kid came up to the merch table. He's got like Blacklisted T-shirt on one shoulder cold world t-shirt on the other and then we have t-shirts and he comes up he's like how much is a zine and we're like it's a dollar and he just gives us a dollar and i'm like you didn't want a t-shirt i was like we're i was like i think i don't think anyone cares anymore but it was was definitely a a, fun uh, place that was definitely a changing of the guard late 2004 just um the the shape of hardcore to come i would say definitely with a gig with blacklisted and cold world very hot merch yeah. items for sure Absolutely. but yeah captain t's was- captain t's was uh it was quite a place and i was gonna say if have heart right you played with half heart i did yeah um right after well not right after the front line but um right after i graduated college uh, I got I literally got picked up from my parents' house in Harrisonburg. Half Heart was coming through. They picked me up uh, to go to finish out a tour that they were doing. And I kind of this was July 2008. And I kind of didn't go home until like October 2009. <laughs> Somehow they like uh, they just kept me on the road and going. Um, so, yeah, I wrote out the last year and a half with Half Heart. And then from there, I took a little bit of a break um, for about a year, just not really being busy with music. Uh, got back on the horse playing, filling in for Give out of DC, um, playing guitar or bass, whatever they needed me to do. Um, and Police and Thieves as well as filling in for them. Shout out Carlos. Yeah, bit about Carlos. Um, yeah. And Carlos, uh, the mayor. And it was the, yeah, the, mayor, the mayor of DC. <laughs> absolutely. Vote for Izurieta in uh, 2022. <laughs> He's got, He's got my vote. Love that guy. <laughs> and um, yeah, so give and please and these begat me joining mindset and uh which led me to joining praise in 2016 or 15 or something like that and um yeah just been kind of trying to stay active with other little bands and projects here and there but that's kind of the timeline that leads us up to now did you so, say clear oh yeah and clear. You okay yeah clear yeah. okay uh clear free yeah matt's um, javier's favorite he always talks about how much he likes free and right he's, no, he's, is it yeah. clear or free i can never uh he Javier, sent me a note in the mail saying uh that he liked the free demo yeah, yeah I knew it was. that's it he lo- i knew he loved one of them i can't keep yeah. straight because I, I like all of them 
But um, what was it like playing those Have Heart shows, the reunion ones, these giant shows that were like, you know, what was it? The one that was outside was like mm-hmm. 10,000 people paid or something like that. It was some, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, it far exceeded our expectations. Like we, we originally only wanted to do four shows. We were going to do one in Massachusetts, one being uh, one in California being Sound of Fury, and then one in Germany, one in the UK. And we set the venues like, cool, let's just get these going. We initially, we actually wanted to do the first show back or the, the show in Massachusetts at the venue where we had the last show at Lido, but um, the venue kind of fell through. So with the help of our friend and um, also a fellow podcaster, Bob Shedd, he was like, oh, let me get in touch with um, people at the Palladium and see what we can do. We were like, ah, I don't know, man, like the Palladium's pretty big. It's like, it's like 2000 cap or 2,500 or something like that. We're like, we were really, we were genuinely nervous that we would not there'd be walk-up tickets or whatever would happen which is like totally expected and he's like ah no i think it'd be fine and then tickets went online the day they went online and he called us up like an hour later and was like you got to do you got to double the amount of gigs that you're going to do or that you want to do um <laughs> just to satiate the demand i guess so it totally caught us by surprise we were like we were scrambling to find new venues or not new venues, but to either double up on the schedule or just to find new places for shows. Um, it was, uh, it was hectic and the shows were incredible. Um, what I, what I remember of them, what I see of them, they were, they were awesome. So, you did it at the right time too. Cause you think, imagine if oh you would have done it, yeah. tried to do it a year <laughs> later and everything, you know, yeah. so it was like, cause that was 2019. Yeah. Um, and then before I get back to the, the record, cause I did have one more thing I wanted to talk about with the, with mm-hmm. the record. Um, your drummer of the band of praise has a day job um, yes. where he's pretty busy. How do you, do you guys have for the shows? Will he drum or do you have somebody else that fills in? Um, how does that work? We do everything in our power to, to get all five of us in the same room um, schedule wise, just planning um, well in advance, any tentative dates that we have, we try and get them in as quick as we can because we know that um and the, the band that you're mentioning is turnstile our drummer dan is in turnstile um his schedule is is constantly revolving and it's constantly being added to and just a lot me and more and more is being put on his plate so we try and pencil it in as early enough as we can so we can be like hey a uh, little old praise wants to do some things here and there um and obviously as you said it it, it is his he's gone um for a good amount of the year so when things do come up and he's not able to do it, or if, if anybody's not able to do anything, um, drummers that can, um, or just any band members that can step in when needed um, just to get things done. But we do, we, we definitely prefer to keep it the five of us just for the synergy and just the collective of the band because we all like each other's company and we want to keep mm-hmm. it as cohesive as we can. But um when things come up and we we make certain things happen, we we have the right the right chords we can pull to get the right people in who yeah. are just as just as cool as the actual members of our band. But the shows that you have scheduled, well, you said you did the record release. You know, he'll be yeah. We have a, that's right. Like Austin said, we have a bunch of stuff that we're working on. The confirmed show is the the record release, uh, which is actually sandwiched in between the Turnstile DC shows. So oh, okay. I know, yeah. we, we recommend that people just come in 
to DC and Baltimore and hang out for the weekend. Go to all the gigs. Mark train costs seven bucks. Lots of stuff to do. Lots of good food around here. Good record stores. Um, So you should make a weekend out of it. So, but yeah, Baltimore, I mean, I was thinking Baltimore. I mean, you got you guys turnstile snail mail. Jason, I just want to make like you got like a, a pretty wide variety of and stuff. And yeah, it is a new new band called Jive Bomb. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of new bands. It's 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 awesome. Baltimore rocks. So yeah. So but, the uh, record, I wanted to bring up one more thing because I'll I'll forget and then I'll kick okay. myself. Um Leave It All Behind had an egg hunt cover. Yes. Which was sick. And like, who the fuck covers egg hunt? And you guys nailed it. A lot it. of people asked, asked, asked us that. <laughs> Why Dude, it was, but that's cool. That's kind of covers. That's kind of covers that I want to hear. Like something where you're like, and then, you know, it sounds like it fits the record. So there's, it's no secret. You know, one of my all-time favorites is Husker Du. Yes. You know, that they're on my Mount Rushmore of like music. So I'd be overtly critical of a cover of Husker Du. And like I said to you, Andy, imagine my surprise when I'm, I'm listening and I hear that chord ring out for um, Keep Hanging On, which is from their Flip Your Wig album. Yep. Um, it's a Grant Hart song. Yep. Rest, rest in peace, Grant. Rest in peace, Grant. Um, Thank you for the inspiration. And this is this is not hyperbole. It's just as good as the original. That is crazy. Wow. And that's coming for me. <laughs> I, you know what? I, it, it is uh, the guitar work. Like you nailed like the psychedelic. There's like the little bit of like psychedelic flair to it, which was Gurdu had. And like you, the vocals are. I, I couldn't believe I got like chills hearing it. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. Like it's I like agree. the like the. The best Husker Du covers I've ever heard of that. And then, of course, Lifetime uh, from the Hello Bastards. In Far Side. Uh, um, oh, uh, the Far Side. <laughs> you know, it's funny. They don't like that. <laughs> I, do. I do. It's cool. But Kevin, when we talked to him, he's like, yeah, I hate that cover. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, I, I, I love Far Side, but I will not. I can't put that cover in the same league as um, Praise or lifetimes sorry the, the lifetime cover was the where i first heard husker do and where i fell the reason i fell in love with husker do so what made you choose this song because it's an interesting one to choose but it, it fits so well i uh, i there's just something about it that uh awesome was it on the we i think we were driving up to the um uh mill spec we played the mill spec seven inch record release show and I believe we were driving up and I, I presented it. And I don't, there's just, Grant's vocal delivery on that song is just perfection, which was, uh, you know, I was very hesitant to, you know, try to replicate that because there's just no way. But I like, I don't even, I can't even put into words like that's that song and ha- how it makes me feel. And it just felt like you could end a praise record with it and we could make it our own without like changing it too much um and we did and i think like if if it didn't if it didn't turn out the way it did we would have scrapped it but the way the record ends you know with the song before it and the lyrics on the 
the lyrics on the song before it. The song's called Life Unknown. Um, again, like going back to what I was saying, it's like the possibility of it ending, uh, of it being the end of the band, you know, or our last record. There's a line in Life Unknown that is the last line that is intentionally and thought out. And then also the end of praise being keep hanging on is uh, kind of why I wanted to do it. And again, I'm, I don't think praise isn't breaking up. This isn't definitely our last. No, record. I know. What you mean, but I mean, look, I'm just in life, while we life, were we don't that know. Record, while we, don't we know. that yeah. record, I really thought it was going to be the, the, the last record we made. So I, I proposed ideas based on that. And thankfully, everybody wanted to ride with me on it um and i'm i'm grateful i'm grateful for that i'm i'm, I'm glad it glad it happened and yeah that song is just unbelievable uh, you know just thinking about it i get a little a little emotional. that's my favorite that's my favorite husker do album um yeah. flip your wig i i and so what i think a, candy apple's mine but but flip your wig is close second yeah it's but yeah it's a great cover like i like i said i love covers that aren't like expected. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to expect, you know, I, I, I think know. that that people have become very critical. I mean, they've always been, especially, especially recorded covers. And I understand why I, I think it's a totally fair um, assessment, but I, I think for praise uh, uh, we have always loved doing covers because we want to share the things that we love with the world and share the music that inspires us and makes us want to make music. So putting it on the record is like, you know, just like Lifetime did or, or, you know, Redemption 87 tackling, um, tacking the covers on to the end of their records. Like that stuff was very important to me. And I think that matters. And I liked when bands did that. So I want to do that. And I don't know if we do another record, I doubt there'll be a cover on it, but for now, like I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know if you can top that cover. I don't think so. <laughs> we said that we said that about the egg hunt cover too. So. That's true. I, I was like so stoked on that, but you did you did it with this one because, I mean, again, pun intended. High praise from myself. Thank you. I couldn't believe yeah, it absolutely. when I heard it. I was like, "This is like, it means like I said, it's it's the per, it's you guys are the perfect mix for me." And then that Husker, even without the Husker Du cover, it's like all the stuff I love. And then having that in there was just the icing on the cake. Um, the, like you nailed the backup vocals and yeah, everything was sick. Austin and, and Baby Dinks, my roommate Elise, she sang on the record a bunch. She did a bunch of backups. She's got an amazing voice. She's an amazing nurse. Mm -hmm. uh, she's awesome. So shout out to Baby Dinks. Shout out to Baby Dinks and Zach of Shining Life Press who just got engaged yeah. uh, as a last oh, nice. Yeah. Big shout outs. Nice. Well, I mean, Jason, I don't, cause I don't want to take too deep in, yeah. you know, 10 years or whenever we get to it. Yeah. We'll all be older yeah. and wiser. But before and, uh, we, but before we end it though, we got to talk about Andy did do the artwork for the record. We don't have to dive too deep into it, but just give us a brief. Yeah. Give us a taste. Yeah. Just give it, give us a taste about putting the artwork together for the record. Uh, it was a, a very, very long process. Um, with a lot of feedback from everyone in praise and everyone giving their input and me trying to to please everybody including myself and um again there's visual inspiration from husker du and super touch 
in 4 AD, stuff like Cocteau Twins. Um, but I, I, you know, just like I'll leave it all behind, there's like an aesthetic to that that I, I really just wanted to make an even better version of that. And uh, the, the cover is a photo by our friend Jared Stith. He took this beautiful, beautiful photo. And that was actually what made me realize what I wanted to do for the record. And uh, Jared was a, his photos were a huge help in bringing it to life. And of course, our friend uh, Farah took some band, took band photos that are in the insert of the record and, and she helped facilitate that as well. So it was a lot of people really putting their brains together to, to make something. And, uh, and Chris Wilson, we're, we're, right? Yeah, Chris Wilson did the logos there. Yeah. So on the record, I don't know if anyone will notice this, but besides the Rev logo, uh, every piece of text is written by hand. So yeah. all the lyrics are written by hand, all the liner notes, the logos. Your handwriting? Anthony's handwriting. Well, logos are Chris Wilson and Anthony did all the handwriting. And uh, it was a lot of yeah. a lot of work. A lot. I didn't realize the undertaking. First but, thing uh, I noticed, I always love it when people handwrite the lyrics because it just gives it that personal, personal feel yeah. to it. And it just seems like with your as lyrics. As long as they're legible, I'm it makes it. sense to do legible. it. He's he's in uh in in school to get his uh a master's in uh, landscape architecture. So okay. there's like a specific type of handwriting. I believe Chris Wilson calls it super touch script. Um so but that's yeah. He's got Anthony has very nice uh handwriting. So yeah, it looks good. Yeah. like if if I hand wrote lyrics, it would just look like a serial killer <laughs> writing like a like it's bad. But that would look really, cool too. early 2000s vibe. Yeah, <laughs> they'd say like, did this guy put the pen in his mouth? And being covered. Yeah. But um, so the, and I was thinking too. I was like, for some reason, I thought this was an EP, but this this is an album. So okay, so so people have started to say it's an LP. I think it's a twelve inch. Uh, but out of step was eight songs. So is that an LP? I, I think that's. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really care. It's a you know, it's a good amount of of music, and it'll be on. A it's. 12-inch. I say it's. Well, we'll ask. It's twenty-five minutes and nine songs for hardcore. That's an LP to me. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, whatever people want to call, it, it's fine with me. I just hope they like it. You know. So. Yeah. And then, Jason, I know it's. I don't know if we usually do this on these revelations, but because this is so far out, can we ask these guys their hot tracks? And then I'm curious if they're changed. <laughs> 